Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Radio show and podcast coming to you live from Bayside, New York, and Dumpling Sound Studios 2, and also from Comac, New York, from Freehold, New Jersey, from Bayville, New York. We're going to be joined from Wontor, New York, and we're going to be John, uh, joined in a little while from Chicago, Illinois, not Chicago, New York. Yes, it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, and uh, we have got a huge Huge show for you. Cal is going to be a little late getting here. Uh, he's held up in traffic in the living room or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Cal will be here uh, to talk sports. We have a ton to talk to you about tonight. We're going to touch on the uh, the Saints. That's why we're going to have my buddy Trox on from Chicago. But he's a huge Saints fan, a uh, great football fan. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Bounty Gate. Uh, Bounty... <laughs> We got to stop at the gate for everything, by the way. Um, But he's going to talk to us about that. He's going to talk to us maybe about who's the boss, about uh, whatever comes to his head. He's a great sports fan, a big NC uh, NC State fan for basketball. He's going to talk about all of it. Uh, So we're we're tickled to have Trox joining us in a bit. And then uh, we're going to be joined by uh, my brother, Scott. Uh, You know him as uh, Scotty the Islander fan. Uh, He's one of the only ones left. But he's uh, going to call and try to convince Cal and I, and maybe a special guest, that the Jets should sign Peyton Manning. We'd be uh, unbelievably remiss. We'd be re-lots of things if we didn't talk about uh, Peyton Manning and the Jets and Peyton Manning being a free agent. And Scott has, is convinced that this is the right move for the Jets. Cal is more than skeptical. Cal is uh, completely uh, – he's against it. I am on the fence. I am teetering. So he's going to call up and talk to him or, or talk to us about that. So we got that coming up. Uh, we are joined right now. Cal is, is going to be with us in a couple of minutes, but we are joined right now. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe it's not butter. Let's not make a big deal out of it. Let's, you know, you know what? Let's make a big deal out of it. Here he is for the first time. And I can't tell you how long I don't, I don't even, I can't. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Let's welcome him in. One of the original members of the RTU News Team. Coming to us live from Bayville, New York. The good Dr. E. Ray Stat. Hi, Dr. E. How are you doing, Sam Pete? I can't believe it. The dream has come true. 
Did it take six months of absence for me to get my own theme song? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I can't, I feel like with, I feel like Bob Murphy when the Mets won the World Series in '86. That's what I should have queued up. I should have queued up that call when they won. The dream has come true. Doctor, you yeah. that. It's been an extended, uh, much more extended than I thought would be hiatus. Obviously, the birth of my second child has uh, has delayed my return. Congratulations uh, on that again. Thank you. It's just it's just been it's been a wild ride, you know. So I'm happy to be back. I I think first of all, your office is a mess. By the way, yeah, I mean your office is just a disaster here. You really need to get in here. I don't know what the cleaning lady's been doing on your desk, but your office is a disaster. So that's first of yeah, all. Yeah, I. I I think the kids got in the uh, the old office there, and uh, I will not be doing the show from the office tonight. It'll be the iPad, a wonderful invention. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, the the iPad really changes the game. Cal does the show on the iPad too. The other thing uh, we've been saying, we've been telling everybody because people have been asking, and there were there were rampant rumors of drug use. There were all sorts of wild rumors out in there, out in out in the uh, on the internet. You know, we didn't want to turn into Bill Atherton in uh, Ghostbusters. Frankly, there's been a lot of wild rumors in the press. Um, but uh, so there was drug use. Some had said you had gone off and accepted a teaching post in Australia. There was there was even a wild rumor that says you killed a man. <laughs> oh, how I wish it were more exciting than me falling asleep at nine o'clock every night and not right. being able to do the show. <laughs> Every we needed a max mercy on this. One says yeah. you were in the circus. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. It's great to have you, Cal. Uh, will be joining us shortly. I feel like the gang's all together. Uh, it, it will be when Cal is back. And uh, Doctor Iray, we also have you know the producer is back. He was out last week. Rumors that you two were in cahoots and uh, and cajoling. Uh, let's welcome uh, Pop Culture PJ back to the show. Pop Culture PJ, uh, I- I- we've missed you. We, we certainly up. Oh, let's let's. Fair is fair. Oh yeah. Let's play the Pop Culture PJ music while we're at it. I feel so. I feel so funky. <laughs> I feel so funky. Uh, welcome back, pal. How was uh, last week's shopping excursion? Did you, did you have to go uh, shopping or something? I gotta tell you, um, I don't remember what I did. <laughs> it, wasn't, right. it wasn't that important, obviously. No, well, you know, it's not like it was drug-fueled or anything, or, you know, or I went into a fugue state. Um, I'm, I just don't know what I did last week. Yeah, what, what? I can't even think of it, so it can't be that good. Give me the date, and maybe I'll, I'll have something for you. But uh, You know, Dr. Iray has been gone for about six or eight months. Uh, yeah. You know, he had a wonderful excuse. The rumors, again, were rampant. Uh, but you have nothing for last week. Oh, I don't even oh, remember oh, what oh, oh, of course, of course. Wait a minute. Of course, of course. I'm sorry. I was working on what is oh, sure God. to be the next big thing. In um, train wreck reality television. Oh, nice! I was I was oh. working on a pilot for the Bravo Network. That's what I was doing. Can you now? Oh, that's right. So, can you tell us about it this week? Or are you still no good? Um, no, I yeah, I could talk about it. Um, it's not like someone's going to go out and copy this and <laughs> and <laughs> quickly put together their own version of this. That's a good point. Hey, this is a great idea. We got to get this on NBC. 
That's not going to happen. <laughs> right. So what um, is It's a show it about it a poorly behaved and highly successful, she claims, interior designer um, who charges a lot of money and only will work for extremely rich clients in New York. However, her staff appears to be incompetent. Um, probably one of them is a criminal. We actually are trying to get to the bottom of that at this point because that may pose um, some casting problems. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's quote-unquote hilarious. Yeah, it sounds watch, fantastic. To watch these people. Well, you know what? And the, the, the shame of it was I was watching it and, and, and doing a lot of things with the footage and I kept going, well, you know what? This could be a hit, you know? <laughs> oh, you're out of here. Oh, man. Dr. Yeah. E. Ray, what do, you, what do you think, Dr. E. Ray? I see Dr. E. Ray. I don't even have video up, and he has two thumbs down. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not one for reality that, that TV. Sounds just, that sounds but, just you know, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, Let but him it, die. It's, it's bravo terrible, which is which is a little different, you know? There's, there's a different level of hysterics. Um, there's a different type of casting, let's say, on Bravo. Right. Um, that sometimes makes more interesting. Can we, can we officially call you, like, have you reached the point in this uh, relationship with this show that we can call you a sellout at this point? <laughs> I prefer whore. Oh, okay. There yeah, I prefer whore for cash. It's fine with me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, makes, that makes you feel a little better about it. Because it's you much can... more romantic sounding. It is. No. <laughs> I, I'm a hooker with a heart of gold, guys. Come on. Absolutely. You are Julia Roberts' pretty woman, without a doubt, yes. You you stepped right out of a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or whatever she's driving in that. What's, what's he driving in that movie? Ah, this is a test. I think it's a Ferrari. Yeah, I think it's a Ferrari. This is just a test to see how many times you guys have seen that movie. Two and a half. <laughs> you, know what the, you know what this does bring up, though? This does bring up I, – I think my wife, I think Teresa did this to me. I think she like quoted – she never quotes movies. Like, And it's one of the things she absolutely hates about me. It's really a miracle that I've lasted this long. But uh, – <laughs> wow. that, that, she's, that she's kept me around this long, really. Wow. Uh, but she quoted uh, a movie, and it was almost to see like if I would get it. And like I got it way too quickly, and it – Totally sold, totally sold me out for a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, it was it was Notting Hill. Really? I'm afraid so, gentlemen. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Wow, uh, I, okay. I have missed you, Doctor Ray. <laughs> Look, there's nothing wrong with watching any movie once. That's you know you'll get a pass from me on that. But if you revisited it, we might have to talk. I I could. Couldn't disagree more. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm... Uh, You're going to get you know, emphatic I'm, with me I'm, on Notting Hill? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of the Hugh Grant, and I uh, and I, I like that movie. It's a good movie. He's so hopelessly befuddled. He's, exactly. he's, he's so confused, and his hair is perfect. He's so, <laughs> he's so utterly foppish. How do you not <laughs> love him? He's yeah, always so, he's sort of, if you're doing it, you grunt, oh dear, I've done it again. And uh, sort of, uh, well, uh, there I am, uh, you know, a lousy kid who's only slept with three people. And uh, certainly uh, wouldn't be uh, to you, of course, uh, with the thing. 
It, that's Hugh Grant. That's every Hugh Grant movie. I'm sort of uh, doing this thing with my hand. It's like a British Woody Allen sort of thing. Uh, it is. And it is. Every minute of it. I, I love it. I absolutely eat it up. I lap it up like a uh, like a 16-year-old girl. It's fantastic. Wow. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's <laughs> talk about the rest of the things you do like a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Da, 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 da. Um, Not that kind of show. Right. Uh, in in either case, in any way, uh, it's good to see that you're a whoer. I think what was um, – did anybody else have uh, that pronunciation as a kid, by the way? No? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, honestly, in, in my section of Staten Island, uh, the word whore was not even thrown around. Really? No, it was hooker. That was it, hooker. The only <laughs> word that really came about. <laughs> hooker, uh, hooker was I the substitute for I totally expected him to be like, yes, we did not use that kind of language, but but no, 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 no. It was just hooker. You just said hooker. That's it. Right, right. And and hooker covered everything. Covered every sort of tramp. Um, uh, maybe. Well, no, we used we used slut. Okay, but slut is very slut is very high school though. Tramp, no. Prostitute, no. Streetwalker, no. Hussy, no. Hussy. What, what did you call um? What did, how did you refer to Janet Ross? <laughs> how did I refer to who? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, Janet Rossi in four and uh, was it four B? What was she? In? Right, that's right. Ev, that was the first time that I had heard someone else in like pop culture say that word the same way as it was said in my family. Exactly. When, and Karen is screaming into the intercom, Janet Rossi is a hooer. I was like, oh, see, there you go. Do you see? Karen, she's family. She's, she's, <laughs> Karen, that's all we had, Karen. They never would have found it. Gosh. Is there a better – we'll get to sports. Don't worry about it. But this I is was, important. I was just going to say, I've been gone from the show for a long time. I, I didn't realize this program changed. Yeah, but is there? I mean, I I love Ray Liotta. Was there? Was he ever going to have a better, you know, a better role than that? I mean, was no, that? There's, was, there's no was, better fit for him. I think right. It was never going to get better for him ever. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, talk about a guy like completely born to play one part. Yeah, we need a guy who's bug-eyed and sweaty. I got him. <laughs> Who has that just inimitable voice? It's just oh, so good, so no, nice. He, he's yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. You, you could we could do an we, we won't tonight, but we could do an entire podcast on maybe the best casting of all time for one uh, guy or yeah, just say last twenty five last, last twenty five years best casting of all time. And I I am putting. And we we would probably have to qualify it, right, guys? Like we'd probably have to qualify it Oscar wise or something like that. Like, well, you, I mean, you know, there's examples of tr- terrific like stunt casting yeah. that that still makes it work, like JFK, where <laughs> well, it's a cavalcade of celebrities, but you buy it because you're kind of interested in it, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah, so. And then and then there's casts of like actors where it really works. Right. So um, I think you've already got subcategories. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or something like that is some of the best ensemble acting you'll ever see in your life. That's not. I've never that's, seen that um, film except 120 times. Right. <laughs> except the other 200 times. But that's. But that's. That's. I'm talking about just nailing 
casting Don't on start a start quoting that, by the way. We'll get thrown right off. Exactly. The FCC. Uh, if it did monitor this show, we start <laughs> quoting Mammoth. That's right. I'm trying to Tonight on RTU, our favorite Mammoth lines. <laughs> Again, it's like Goodfellas on Channel 11. What do you mean I'm funny? Boo! Clown! Boo! <laughs> Amuse you? Boo! Um, no, but... Stupid mother father. <laughs> mother father. Uh, that that makes me want to ask Dr. Erstad. We're going to have my buddy uh, Trox come on in a couple minutes. He's going to talk all about the Saints stuff and, and the bounties and stuff. He's a huge Saints fan. He's a great sports fan. And uh, he's a guy I've had a couple of beers with and, and just BSed about sports. Uh, but before I get to that, Dr. E. Ray, I want to ask you, um, you know, what's the what's your favorite movie on Channel 11 out of those? So, like, Channel 11 here in New York was WPIX. Uh, <laughs> I, always, I always go back to The Breakfast Club. Like, any time The Breakfast Club uh, was on Channel 11. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you know... Flip you, Dad. What about you? You know, over <laughs> Flip you. I got. Dad. I got one for that. My, one of my my one of my favorite um, WPIX movies was because it created such a misperception about the movie. Was when they showed the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because they showed the good, the bad, and the ugly with a commercial break every three and a half minutes. I thought this movie was nine hours long. Oh boy. And oh, then, boy. Like, when you got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're like, oh, it's over. Right. <laughs> it's an hour and eight minutes. What are, <laughs> this movie felt so long. Why did that take an afternoon? They took a commercial break every 45 seconds. I mean, every, really. I mean, Clint would walk on screen, and then they faded to black. <laughs> right. And then it was a, a bounty commercial. Right. Right. And it was uh, – speaking of bounties. Segways oh. are for kids. Segways are for kids. Be careful. I almost tripped over that segue. I I got some nice theme music for him, huh? Nice. I think he'll appreciate this. Let's uh, let's bring in my buddy Trock, uh, Jeff Trock Flair. Uh, Trock, welcome. Hello, Sam Pete. How you doing, buddy? Man, welcome to uh, Ready to Unload. We are cowless as of right now, but. Uh, we do have my buddy Ev, and of course PJ, and of course uh, the Top Gun anthem is playing you. In. Oh no, this is this is wonderful lead-in music for me, buddy. Really appreciate it. I figured that. And now, anytime the Top Gun anthem's in the background, uh, you know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, you're you're a winner. Everybody's a winner, and we're everybody. Some, <laughs> somebody's awkwardly tossing dog tags into the ocean right now as we're <laughs> <laughs> looking longingly at the sea. Yeah. Uh, Trox, let's get this out of the way right off the top because I know my buddy Dr. E. Ray is going to say it, and that is you sound remarkably like Mel Kuyper Jr. Have you been told that before? Do I really? And I was nervous about what my radio voice would sound, bringing the uh, the kind of southern uh, New Orleans, you know, with, with North Carolina accent mixed with a little eight years in Chicago. I was wondering how that would come off, but I, I'll take Mel Kuyper Jr. You are – I feel like the Jets just drafted a quarterback in the sixth round here. <laughs> <laughs> Just say just just trucks. Just say tremendous upside. Just look. So long as nobody asks me a question about Trell Alberts, I'll, I'll remain calm like a normal Mel Kiper oh, conversation. Trell Alberts. Wow. Talk <laughs> about the, the podcast is bleeding. Talk about deep yeah. cuts. My goodness. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you. Wanted to bring you on or whatever to talk to the guys and stuff about 
and, and I'm not calling it Bounty Gate. We have a rule here. We try to stay away from the gate. When oh, I love that. Controversy because it's so overused. Uh, but no, let's get right off the bat. Trox, you're a huge uh, Saints fan, the biggest Saints fan I know. Um, and this had to be shocking, A, in that it came out. B, that uh, it was, you know, it, it seemed to be so um, sort of promulgated by, you know, uh, the, the owner, the GM, the coach knows about it. And then, you know, the other thing is Vilma. Very surprised. Yeah. That, that's a bond we've always shared. Was, was Johnny? It, it is. It is. Santi and I have, have often kind of over over beers, as you alluded to earlier. We've often uh, uh, spoken fondly of our uh, our affection, mutual affection for Jonathan Vilma, and you know, rightfully or or wrong, I kind of hold him to a higher standard than other Saints players. Um, so it was when I saw his name attached to it. Um, it definitely cut a little deeper. Um, you're exactly correct. The the fact that you know the NFL had an investigation going back in you know late 2009, early 2010. Um, that Loomis was alerted, that Peyton was alerted. I mean, these are these are things that you know. No matter how big of a Saints fan you are, these are things that should give you pause and and kind of cause you to step back and really be concerned. Um, you know, on, on the whole, I I think I'm somewhere in between you know righteous indignation and the growing chorus of former NFL players who you know seemingly say this is no big deal. Um, you know, it, it absolutely is a big deal. It's certainly something as a Saints fan and an organization which. Um, you know, I, I kind of put it out there. You you said I'm the biggest Saints fan you know, and that's probably because you don't know a whole lot of Saints fans, correct? Nope. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty non-controversial organization on the whole, right? Pretty bad, uh, pretty bad history. Some good years when I was, you know, when I was uh, turning nine, ten, you had the late '80s um, into the early '90s when we were, you know, unfortunately in the 49ers division, so we'd go 12 and three and get the wild card. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty non-controversial organization, um, especially when you add into it the fact that you got, you know, Drew Brees, who, you know, anyone will agree, or, or most people will agree, is one of the premier humanitarians in the NFL, um, and you've got that paired with the kind of revival of New Orleans as a whole. It makes for pretty compelling television and Absolutely. a pretty compelling story. Um, yeah, so mean, to you, see you could, the, you could make the argument at at a time there, Trox, that they became sort of America's team after Katrina. Yeah, I, and then, and then re- rebuilding from Cat- uh, rebuilding from Katrina, and then going to the Super Bowl, and they became America's team. Yeah, I mean, the only negative I ever heard was leading up to that Monday night game against Atlanta. You know, people complained if they heard that U two, if the Saints are coming, song right. one more time, they were gonna they were gonna commit all kinds of acts of unspeakable violence. Which, even as a Saints fan, I agreed with. Um, but no, I mean, it, it, it was it was a wonderful story. I mean, you even take into the storyline, um, you know, kind of winning the Super Bowl against. What up to that point was New Orleans' favorite son, Peyton Manning. I mean, you know, Archie right. Manning, when I was growing up, was the sports hero. Um, and he was the accessible sports hero. He was the guy you would see at high school football games. My The school I attended happened to be um, division rivals with Newman, where all three of his boys went. So you'd see him at football games. You could walk right. up. You could get his autograph. You could talk to him. He was this accessible superstar um, who kind of stuck it out through thick and thin. So, so to beat Peyton... You know, at that point in that in that game and beat the Colts, the organization. I mean, it was an even bigger story. Um, so yeah, it was. It became something that I think um, you know most sports fans in general really, really kind of in, it endeared um, you know endeared the Saints to them. And to see you know this is the that that kind of good image is forever tarnished at this point. I don't know how you really um, you know really get it back. Now you so paying attention to the story, seeing what's developed here. Obviously, Greg Williams came out immediately, the defensive coordinator came out immediately, right, and said, my bad. 
You said I, I got right. swept up, and he's the defense coordinator with the Rams now, right? He went to the Rams? Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he went with, to the Rams. Uh, with Fisher, right. So he comes out and says immediately, like, my bad. Just, I know, we got a little carried away. Um, but I, I think you're, the biggest concern as a Saints fan to me would be what's going to happen to Peyton. Because it- – well, I was yeah. because he he is a, a fantastic coach. He's one of the best young coaches in the league. You've already won a Super Bowl. He really has a program in place there. If there's any sort of serious reprimanding that's done to him, that's going to set the program back. I mean, is that like the it, biggest concern to me or to you? It, it is. I mean, the biggest concern to me as a Saints fan and as an outside observer was that you had the owner Tom Benson you know, being the, the Saints were put on notice by the NFL. The owner, Tom Benson, put Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton on notice and said, guys, if indeed this is going on, cut this out right now. Uh, right. And, and it, you know, apparently still went on. So that, to me, is a, a, a huge issue. I mean, anyone that's ever worked in any type of organization um, knows that, you know, when your boss tells you to cut something out and you, you know, nod out one, you know, uh, out one corner of your head and do keep doing whatever you were doing out of the other, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty pretty dangerous situation you're getting yourself in so it really the fact that there was prior notice and then you know they they continued um to do what it is they were doing i mean that's that's certainly troubling peyton being lost for a couple games is you know it's absolutely a concern i mean if you're looking at one perspective the pr aspect of, of things the saints were actually quite lucky in that williams had left and if they wanted to if they wanted to kind of um you know make him the bad actor here they at least had the ability to say look he did this um, he's no longer he, with the organization. He's gone. Right. Right, yeah, right, right. and I mean, you know, again, if you, if you're looking at, you know, you know, if you're going to impute ill motives here, you could even, um, you know, you could even leave that in such a way that, you know, we kind of knew this and and kind of pushed him out. I don't think that's what happened. I think he wanted a chance to go work with a guy he'd worked with a long time ago at St. Yeah. Louis. In St. And Louis. I think, that, yeah, um, I think that was disingenuous at that point. Like you could, you they could have tried to play that card. I think at that point, like you try to play that card, and you're like, "Listen, Saints, we're, we're cutting your break to begin with. You know, don't don't yeah. push, like that. Push Williams it, out because of this bounty." This is true. This is true. I mean, it's a it's a it's a, it's a bit of a it's bit of a risk there, guys. Um, let me yeah. ask, honestly, Jeff. Do you the the first question I should have asked um, is, do you believe everybody here? Do you, as the Saints, uh, Benson, Loomis, Peyton? Do you believe everybody here? Do you believe everybody knew what they knew? And, you know, do, do you believe that they willfully ignored uh, the, the request to stop doing what they were doing? I, I believe I believe what what I've what I've read up to this point in in both the you know the snippets of the NFL report that Peter King had um, and and in various other places I I do take it at face value mainly because it's it's pretty bad at face value if they're lying and covering stuff up I I really I don't even want to consider what that would be at this point to be honest like, um, like, I, what did they forget to cover up like <laughs> right right I mean it's 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 almost kind of unfathomable what else could be out there but I, you know I I, I do I I do believe that that if there was an investigation, if the Vikings alerted the NFL to this, you know, back before the 2010 NFC Championship game because someone from the Cardinals, you know, forwarded an email to the Vikings or however these things kind of make their way, uh, you know, from, from organization to organization, if indeed that happened, then, I mean, I do believe. I think the NFL, if the NFL had notice of that 2010 and didn't apprise the Saints of it, they'd be in deep trouble right now, right? Right, that's I mean, true. I think we, we we both agree, and at least I, I, I'm presuming we both agree. Um, you know, the the worst part about this is the timing. 
And, you know, being – I live in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago for eight years, so – I think I'm kind of particularly um, in touch with what's going on with these lawsuits that are being filed against the NFL for, you know, ignoring player safety. Um, Dave Dewerson, who was, you know, a Notre Dame guy and was – was uh, on the on the Bears, you know, '85, um, you know, Super Bowl team. Um, yeah, it's it's an absolutely tragic story. He was an extraordinarily successful businessman, um, and things, you know, started to fall apart with him, both from a professional uh, and personal standpoint. And ultimately, you know, took his own life last year, yeah. uh, and took his own life in such a way that his last, you know, order was, "I'd like my brain to be studied because, you know." All the symptoms I have that are causing me to act in this very erratic, sometimes violent way, kind of coincide with what I've read, you know, about this this brain disorder that's a result yep. of continuous trauma. So yep. I, I mean, I think it's it's absolutely, um, you know, from a from a from a selfish Saints fan, um, you know, PR perspective, it's absolutely horrendous that these allegations came out when that case is is now pending. When John Forcade, who was you know a backup, you would you would have no reason to know John Forcade, but John Forcade was was by be a bears backup. Um, I not only know I who he start. is, I know how to spell his name. Yeah, well, he he was he. No one typifies backup quarterback syndrome like John Forque does. He was the guy that whenever a bear would throw an interception, people would be screaming from the rafters in the dome. Right. We want Forque, and he would come in and do something. <laughs> You know, more often ridiculous than good, but every now and again you'd have that kind of nice moment, uh, and right. it would then, you know, kind of give people ammo. But you know, he he recently joined a suit with, I believe, ten other players um, to to kind of take part in this. So I mean, the the, the NFL has a, a massive massive set of, uh, of pieces of litigation on their hands. So if they don't come down on the Saints, if they don't, you know, really drop the hammer on them in a, in a manner that you know, is at least in a, in a manner that's, you know, almost unprecedented, um, they're going to have to answer for that later on. Um, yeah. You know, if, if I think, anything else that... I, yeah, I no, didn't I mean to say... No, no, not at all, Jeff. I think you cut I, me off, buddy. You know, I tend to go on forever, so... so. <laughs> not at all. I think, and you're, you're spot on in, in a number of ways, the biggest of which being that the NFL had a PR problem before this happened. They had a PR problem with post-concussion syndrome, the Dewarson case, which you mentioned. Um, they, they, they've been trying... Uh, for the last two years, to uh, they've been penalizing hits in game that aren't even penalized, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with fines and whatnot. So they they've been trying to uh, address this post concussion syndrome, this concu- you know concussions within the game to to limit violent hits and whatnot. So it does come at like an awful time for the Saints. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, the the other thing you're talking about, an unprecedented punishment. The punishment does also have to fit the crime in the sense that this has been going on for years. Well, and, and course, it does. And, and, and it's part of football. I mean, the idea that, you know, Brett Favre uh, in that Minnesota game, and, and I have a question about that game later. Don't let me uh, forget to ask you. But, um, you know, the idea that Brett Favre went into that game, that uh, championship game, with a bad ankle, and they right. weren't going to try to take him out of the game, is It's ludicrous to think that that. Yeah. It's football. Yeah. I am. I am. I agree with you there. I'm also. I'm. I'm. I'm very kind of interested with respect to the punishment and the kind of rationale behind they're gonna. They're gonna. You know. They're gonna try to stop this thing. And what I mean by that is the incentive of it, right? I mean, 
$2,000, that's a lot of money in, in the real world. Uh, to Jonathan Vilma, to Scott Pujita, is it really anything more than a drop in the bucket? You know, of course no, it's, it's not. not. No, it's so, not. I mean, so these guys weren't doing it for the money, right? They were doing it for the adulation of their peers to be recognized on Monday in the meetings. Um, you know, even if you find the Saints and there's no more formal kind of, you know, slush funds or, or bounties or whatever kind of adjectives you want to ascribe to it, that's not going to stop. They're yeah, still going to be watching. They're still going to be watching tape on Monday and celebrating, you know, big hits. And you know, whereas before maybe they got an envelope with fifteen hundred dollars cash, which you know, you know, by all by all kind of accounts here, the people just threw back into the pot because it was such a, a de minimis amount of money to them. Right. Um, it's you're still going to have Chismo. Yeah. That's all it is. It's Chismo. Yeah. It's I, I I knocked them. Now look, they took it to a level that it it shouldn't go to. They took it to a level where. They were, you know, uh, sort of, and and you know the biggest problem here, Trucks, the categorization, the categorization of the hits. The biggest problem here is that you got ten, you know, you got a thousand dollars for a card off, or you got a thousand, you know, and and being and actually labeling them. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. The the formalized kind of you know formalized <laughs> grid they worked out is really working yeah. against them right now. There's yeah. there's no doubt the about knockout, that. <laughs> the knockout conversion chart was probably not. To post in the locker room, but th- that's that's a big part of this problem, you know, or, or a big part of of, uh, of how this problem is perceived. But so going back to that Minnesota game, okay, I remember I watched most of that game. I didn't get to see all of that game. I was really just sort of amped up uh, uh, for the Jet game because the Jets, Jets were, right, Jets from the playoffs then, um, and uh, you know, I I I. I don't remember if it was especially violent or if they, you know, were they flagged for late hits. I mean, did you watch? You were obviously so pumped up for that game because it was. I was. I was. Yeah, that that game was obviously the biggest game, you know, biggest game certainly of my life and many Saints fans' lifetime. That game also was there was a special kind of motivation going on there because anybody that that grew up a Saints fan remembers the first time the Saints ever made the playoffs and they were a, a twelve and three. Uh, wild card, as I mentioned, because the 49ers in the old NFC West happened to go 13 and two, and the Saints got a home game against the eight and eight Vikings. Right? I mean, this the last team in. You got a home game in the dome, first ever playoff appearance. Um, the Saints score first. They knock. Tommy Kramer out, right? So Wade Wilson's coming in for the Vikings, which, you know, at that point, everyone that's watching it is already figuring out where the Saints are going next week, and it's just this amazing moment, specifically for me, because I was about nine at that time. Right. It was this wonderful moment. I can remember exactly where I was watching it with my father and and some cousins. I mean, you know, it was this was like a seminal moment in the life of a a young Saints fan and a young sports right. fan. Uh, and then Anthony Carter caught 17 touchdowns in the next quarter and a half, and <laughs> the Saints lost lost something in the, the neighborhood of 42 to 10. It was terrible. Oh, um, so so this was a chance to exercise the demons. I mean, the Vikings. You know, I mean, I, I had an unnatural. Um, dislike of the Vikings from that that moment on. I mean, the Saints probably pay, played the Vikings six times over the course of of you know the the fifteen plus years between those two meetings. Um, so this was a yeah, this was a, a a really emotional game from all that. You know, I remember um, I remember the 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 penalty that Bobby McRae got, which I think he was fined somewhere in the neighborhood of like $20,000 for, yeah. which, I mean, was a pretty blatant late hit. Um, you know, I I remember they're, they're, them hitting him pretty hard, but much like you said, you know, 
like any sports fan, like anybody that's watched football for a number of years, I just kind of assumed that hitting Brett Favre hard on his bum ankle was part of the game plan. Right, I mean, that's something that any defense would do. So I don't recall it being especially violent. That being said, you know, people have commented when when I start talking about this, um, you know, in in social settings and whatnot, people have commented that (laughs) they recall it being particularly violent. Um, So unfortunately, I can't give you an unbiased opinion there, um, especially because I have like a a moment where I just kind of black out between when Favre was leading the the Saints down and I was (laughs) – Cursing profusely in my living room with some friends, um, right. and went far through interception. He, right, he went far. Then he went off. He did. Run. He did. And and again, I think most people like yourself who are kind of outside, you know, big sports fans and have watched enough sports to kind of you know figure out tendencies. I think everybody kind of expected that. I was watching it from the perspective of a Saints fan, already kind of you know thinking this is never going to happen again. We just blew the greatest chance we're ever going to have to win a Super Bowl, which up to that point was something that you know no Saints fan ever 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 you know ever contemplated. I mean that was the joke. My my sister's five and a half years younger than me and when my sister from the time she was 14 to the time she was or not even 14 probably 12 to the time she was 16 you know my father always told her i'm being 100 percent honest with you i will buy you a new car when the saints make the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we and we thought that was the absolute safest bet on the face of the planet right, right? i mean exactly. that's, that's still something so I, I was looking at it from that perspective of oh my god we just blew this chance and i didn't expect Favre to as you say go far which um which right. he did you know and your sister's uh, and like was, there goes my car yeah, no, I'm pretty sure there's an email the next day saying you need to fire that one up, Dad. I realize I'm, you know, 20, right. 20, uh, 20 some odd years at this point and I'm working, but you still owe me a car, pal. Hey, life's, life's tough, pal. You know, a bet's yeah, a bet. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Now, and and you you will of course remember that I am. Uh, I just I just envision you like uh, when you said blacked out. I just envision you like an old school, like when he goes to the debate, like. Just, well, yeah. He goes to debate and he says, "What happened? I don't even know what happened." Like I just picture yeah. you backing out and be like, "Did we win? I don't know." Did we win? <laughs> it was it was very very similar to that. Yes, James Carville and that whole scene right. that was that was about <laughs> as good of a good of a uh, comparison you get. It was it was so bad that you know obviously my wife was you know sitting there watching. We had some friends over who you know we've known for a while, so they expected all kinds of tantrums and theatrics um, throughout. But that individual play where far through it i was so loud i live you know i live kind of in an eight unit condo building um and it kind of compelled me to go apologize to my neighbors the next day and say yeah. you know if if you heard a, a if you heard <laughs> profuse cursing followed by you know unrestrained joy at around eight forty last night let me go ahead and just apologize for that so that if was, i woke your children right that was my wife yeah and, and the Bears fan that lived above me said, "A, I heard you, and B, I'm totally cool with it. I expected it." <laughs> exactly. I uh, I want to bring in uh, PJ. PJ, you still there? Pop culture, PJ. Yeah, this is usually the time, Jeff, where he goes to make uh, soup. Hello. I'm I'm, ah! I'm, 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 I'm playing with a new mute button. Did I get you? You did. You did. Um, you're playing with a new mute button. That is prison slang, or is that? Yeah. Are you actually? You, um, Peach, I wanted to ask you, uh, as the casual sports fan, uh, but you know, one who's watched the football, you like That's the truth. I watch uh, sports in a bathrobe. Right. <laughs> is it monogrammed? It is. Of course. Now, is it monogrammed with Paul, or is it monogrammed with PJ? It's monogrammed with Hilton. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, 
I want to ask you though about this bounty stuff, and I don't know if you you saw the story. I, I hope you did. Uh, otherwise, I'm about to waste five minutes of podcast. But uh, <laughs> go for it. Did you see? Did you see all this stuff with the Saints and the bounties and the putting money on taking players out of the game and and whatnot? <sighs> I. Trox, by the way, that that sigh is patented. By the way. <laughs> He has copy, copyrighted that sigh for when I asked him. Yeah, I don't know about the background. I'm just laughing at the visual of him in his Hilton bathrobe sitting there right. sighing. Right. So that, yeah. that, that alone oh. enough is worth the price of admission. Yes, if you only knew the form that I cut, yes. the shadow that I cast, <laughs> we might as I'm well wearing tell, that bathrobe. We might as well tell PJ, without, without taking the podcast down a really strange turn or strange road, PJ has uh, what we uh, uh, titled years ago, but when he yeah. and I were uh, in a, we were actually in Brooklyn in Prospect oh, Park. Oh, we're going to tell this story. Okay. I'm telling okay. this story. I don't even care. Trox will love that's, this. That's good. We're uh, we were at a birthday, a kid's birthday party in Prospect Park for one of our friends for their kid, and uh, PJ and I, you know, the kids are playing, blah blah blah. And PJ and I take a little walk. Uh, with my daughter. Know, yeah, exactly. With with Lily, and we're just BSing or whatever. And uh, it occurred to us how much a we looked like a couple. Which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But PJ pointed out exactly why. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell him. I said, you know, everybody thinks we're a couple here. And he's, and Steve said, well, why do you say that? I said, because I have a gay frame. <laughs> That's right. And this is, this, <laughs> this is sort of just a way to describe it. I, I, I just tend to have the, the gait and the frame of a Brooklyn bear. He is gay. <laughs> Trox, there's no way to describe it. He is gay framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the visual is amazing. Color. Yeah, it's yeah, not all, all the indicia, right? <laughs> not in the not in a leather Freddy no. kind of way or anything like that. Or you know, it's, it's, it's not Freddy Mercury. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's and it's not a feminine. It's not a feminine. That's not it either. You're just gay framed. There's there's just there's just a whiff of it when when I walk by. It's like is that that guy? Maybe. And then you you're walking with me. I was you know, this was probably five, six years ago. I was much more in shape, younger. Eight years. Eight years, just so you know. Eight years. Eight years. I was way more attractive. Uh <laughs> So you know they probably were you, like you were quite beautiful at the time. <laughs> you're a good looking. You're still a good looking man, Sam Pete. So I imagine you you cut quite the uh, frame back then. Yeah, yeah, I I I looked like the guy who was with the gay frame guy. You know, right. like that would be like it was like a king of queens kind of thing, but it, like in a gay way. Yeah, you well, looked yeah, like the no, one that had settled, right? He, well, he's 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 the half of the relationship that kind of stands there looking good and waits for things and I was the guy who would run over to the ice cream truck and get us both ice cream <laughs> and then bring it back while he stood there looking beautiful. It was that sort of relationship. Well understandable. That understandable. Not, Not that, that there's anything had, wrong with that. that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with any of that. Please Nothing wrong with it. But uh PJ remains uh quite gay framed. Uh so yeah. <laughs> anyway. now my kids are asking me about it by the way. My Excellent. kids want to know what's what's the deal. Why you're gay framed? Yeah. Wow. Good luck with that. Well, but should we, should we do a the more you know? Because Cal, 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 Cal and I did yeah, two of them. Music. 
Start the music. Let's go. Let me see. Let me find the uh, the more you know music. Hold on. Oh, you've got Hold the on. more you know music on standby. That's wonderful. Oh, we've got our own version. Yeah, we, we have our own. Yeah, you know it's legal. Uh, hold on here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Go ahead, Pete. You know, they say you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, you can't judge a man by his frame. Look at me. Yay frame, right? Think again. The more you know. And that, the more you know. There you go. Well done. <laughs> I, I thought last uh. week's. I thought last week's uh, blackface is never a good idea. Still, oh. was was probably our best. The more you know. Yeah, that's one of the evergreens. I mean, you know, that's never going to go bad. You could do yeah, that that's, for years. That's pretty much timeless too, Sam P. You can you can you can pull that one out just about any time. I'll still be getting paid on that one. You know, yeah. like five years from now. I you want to laugh? I had a buddy who was from Chicago actually, Chuck. I had a buddy out in L.A. Uh, my buddy Hutch. Uh, who is uh, actually is on was on Mad Men uh, in season two. No one two. has a friend named Hutch. Stop what? it. Uh, who, no, he, who, he, was he, who was he on Mad Men? He was uh, Pete's brother. Oh Big yeah, okay. Had a guy. He was Pete. Are you a Mad Men fan, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really good show. See, there goes the podcast. Everybody, good night. We're, we're yeah, this could this could veer off uh, pretty quick. <laughs> Going, we're going. Uh, we're going strictly Mad Men because the, the premiere is in two weeks. PJ doesn't watch it because he's a jerk. No. Um, no. Yes. Yes. No. That's not the reason. <laughs> you know, I little... fought it for for a couple years just because. I mean, when, I'm sure you guys have had shows like this when when so many people tell you so so much about it and how good it is. You know, it kind of you build it up too much and you figure it's never going to live up to expectations. So I fought it, and then my wife and I watched the you know first season, second season, and third season on DVD. So we only watched last year in real time. No, um, we but it's amazing. Did too. Jeff did the exact same thing. It was a uh, yeah. I resisted, resisted, resisted. And then Teresa started watching uh, season three during football season because I was at the games. And so like okay, yeah. from game to late or whatever, and then like she would, you know, and I would sort of be either drunk or, you know, uh, annoyed. <laughs> drunk or despondent, right? One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> like, or both. Um, yeah, then, or, or a combination. Right. So I, you know, I would be tucked into bed after my two and a half hour ride home from uh, the Meadowlands and uh, – which is all of uh, sixty miles. Um, but uh, oh. I would, I would, you know, head to bed or whatever. And she started watching uh, Mad Men because everybody had said to watch it. And then she said, "You got to watch, you got to watch the show, you got to watch it." So we picked it up in season three and went out and bought season one and two like the next day. Yeah, and yeah. and watched all of season one and two over the span of two weeks. We were like sick junkies, like for season one. And two. It's it's exactly. I mean, that's exactly almost mirrors our experience, which of course then makes the the six day wait between real episodes. I mean, just it, you almost can't stand it, right? Interminable. Yeah, it it, it yeah. is. I I don't know. I've explained this to you, PJ, why the show is so good. And again, it's coming back on the air on March twenty fifth. Uh, take your pants down. Uh, but <laughs> but um. Anyway, where was I before Mad Men? Uh, you lost me. Uh, gay framed. Uh, yeah, bounties. How do you feel, Peach? Is this just football? Is this much to do about nothing? Is this uh, is something to do about it? It's a load of BS. Shouldn't have gone on. Shouldn't be continued. Shouldn't be tolerated. As far as the penalty phase, I don't know what to do there. 
Right. So you, but but you know, even a, a non-fervent uh, football fan sort of can see that this is above and beyond just being football, right? You can pretty much call me a non-fervent anything. <laughs> just, you know, just for future reference. Okay. Yeah, but I uh, may take you up. I may take you up on that. Yeah, really. What do I get riled up? About? Oh, okay, never mind. All right, you're right. You do get riled up about some things. Don't even. All right. Yes. All right. Well, uh, that and, was... and, and... I didn't mean to interrupt you, PJ. I apologize. Apologize for that. You know, I was going to ask you guys. I mean, you guys are all non, you know, non Saints fans. Obviously, I mean, you're not. You're not kind of um, the bias isn't there. I mean, comparatively speaking, if the benchmark for pen, for punishment um, is the Patriots, right? And what happened with them, you know, in Spy, whatever. Since we're not referring it to to it as Spygate, um, but but what what they suffered there. Um, I mean, do you think the Saints should suffer worse? And kind of how do you rank the two? I mean, do you do you think what the Patriots did, giving them a to borrow a uh, borrow a Charlie Weiss phrase, a disguised schematic advantage, um, and actually kind of <laughs> going going to the heart of competition versus what the Saints did, which while abhorrent, didn't really um, you know, affect the, the, the game in and of itself in any meaningful way, at least that we're aware of. Um, I mean, how do you guys kind of compare the two? I think, <clears throat> you know what, I think uh, a couple of things. I, I never thought that Spygate, and we can use Gate there because everybody else did. Uh, it's just new controversies. We try to avoid it. Right. Uh, Please don't but, coin anything with the phrase Gate. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I, 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 you know, I've always thought that the Patriots got off unbelievably easy. They burned the tapes. They burned the tapes. They burn the tapes. I mean, come on, you know. So obviously they were covering something up. Obviously it w- went much deeper. And, but again, I'm a Jet fan, so Even I can't. Right, right. I, I can't be adequately, you know, or, or I can't be you know, counted on to give a an unbiased opinion here. I thought they should have suspended Belichick for a year. Yeah, you know, I suppose I, that's I think, that's really not knowing your audience <laughs> asking you that question. <laughs> So, Mr. Kennedy, how do you feel about snipers? Because, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm just wondering, you know, I think they get a bad rap. No, I, but, Era, but, I'm a wary. Era. <laughs> Era, I don't uh, care for them. Um, I, <laughs> there's Mayor Quimby again. Every time I do Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was decidedly Quimby-esque right there. That was good, sir. Uh, Era, people of Boston. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I declare today my favorite Quimby. I don't have a lot of favorite Simpsons moments. But my favorite Quimby is definitely Snake Whacking Day. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, and uh, when they say, no, we shouldn't whack snakes, and he goes, Era, you people are so damn fickle. And the guy, <laughs> and the guy shouts from the audience, you're right, give us hell, Quimby. It's just so, so brilliant. But anyway, I, I don't think they were ever, I don't think the Patriots were properly punished. I don't think you can take the two and use them as a. Um, uh, or, or, or take the Patriot punishment and use it as the benchmark for the Saint uh, punishment, because to me they're apples and oranges. And what you hit on before, Trox, is, is the key to the whole thing, and that's this happens at a time when the league is trying desperately. It has an image problem right now with the violence in the game. You know that 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 it feels that the violence is too much. It feels that some of the hits are too much. They're again they're finding hits that are not penalized in the game. You know, you got James Harrison out there, you got guys that are, it just comes at an awful time. Mm-hmm. And to me, if this had happened five years ago, um, the punishment would have been 
would not have been as great as I think the punishment's going to be. I think they have to come down harder than Spygate, and they have to come down harder now because of the post-concussion syndrome stuff, because of the lawsuits, because of Dewerson. You know, they have to. Does that mean – what does that mean? To, to, what are you hearing? I, I mean you read the Saints blogs and stuff like that. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean you know, I, 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 I agree with you in that the NFL is almost backed into a corner where they, they have to act more. I mean I, I don't know that the average Saints fan would really kind of look at the two um, and say, you know, there's c- comparable, um, you know, bad behavior there. I think, you know – a lot of saints kind of you know you know blogs and or you know fans I've talked to kind of again point to the competition aspect of things and one not influencing the other in a way we don't and so that way you can say well the Patriots are worse off because they cheated they did something that is just anathema to professional sports and that is you know bal- you know influencing the balance of competition right absolutely um, and so that's I, I, I uh, that's I agree I think it's worse yeah um I just think with the PR I mean you know for for. Five to ten years now, people have been saying, you know, people have been as as the NFL gets bigger and bigger every year. As you know, people more and more people play fantasy football every year. The ratings go up. I mean, there's there's just this kind of undercurrent there of what could possibly stop the monolith that is the NFL. And most people thought nothing. And I think you know a lot of people quite astutely are are rightfully concerned that you know the long term health you know, concerns and impacts here, um, you know, it's something that the league has to be worried about. And because of that concern, because of, you know, what happened right now, they, they do have to act, you know, act in accordance with that, I think. Yeah, they, no, they do. And, and and again, if it happened five years ago, maybe. Now, what – okay, so let me say this, Trox. Ready? Uh-huh. So here's here's what's handed down. You lose your first this year. Okay, you lose. Which uh, I mean, at, yeah, to stop you there, I've already written that one off. <laughs> right, that okay. was that, that was gone. Yeah, you lose uh, another draft pick next year. I don't think it's a first again. But let's just say it is. You lose a first this year, a first next year. Peyton suspended four games. Vilma's suspended for the season. I think Vilma being suspended for the season is a bit much to swallow. Um, you know, Peyton for four games seems to be the the consensus. I don't know if it's just kind of people have have kind of gravitated towards yeah, that because throwing that out there, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean that that seems to be kind of what what people are thinking, and that to me doesn't seem um, it doesn't seem over. You know. It, it, it doesn't seem so grossly inequitable that I'm going to throw a fit about it. Uh, Vilma okay. for the entire season. I, another thing, too, I mean, you've got to look at comparative fault here. Um, is, is Peyton suspended four games while Williams is suspended, you know, for half a season? Is he suspended for an entire season? I'll look to, to that as well. Um, and well, obviously – He should – if you're going to do that, and if you're going to, uh, to uh, mete out those punishments to the Saints, to me, he's the most egregious – sort of violator of this, you know, in the, in this situation to begin with, because he's the guy who it was going on. He's even said that he got carried away in it, that he should have right, stopped. Right. It, I mean, he is the, and, he's the archetypal mastermind, right? Exactly. Exactly. He's, he, he's the, he's guy, the guy holding the envelope. That's right. He's twiddling his mustache. Exactly. He's, he's, yeah, he's right. He is, he is well. twirling it with a black hat on. He is, he is, he is our, he is our villain here. There's no doubt about yeah. that. And he seems like such a jerk. I'm sorry. He does. I know he came up with a brilliant game plan that won you a Super Bowl, but he seems like – but an onside kick was a big part of you winning a Super Bowl. And yeah, yeah. Just by Peyton, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away. I'm just saying he did a brilliant job in one game 
I, I've never liked that guy. He is, and I'm not just saying that in hindsight or whatever. He's always seemed a bit like a d bag. I don't know. If that's me. He just uh, with, without without disagreeing with your with your conclusion there um, that he does seem like a jerk on the sidelines, which I'll agree with. I I would kind of challenge you to find a defensive coordinator, a successful defensive coordinator um, in the NFL that doesn't come off that way, right? I mean, it, Gunther Cunningham seems to be the only individual in the world more e- evil than Nick Saban, right? I mean, <laughs> and, he, and he's been around for – just by, based on sideline demeanor. Um, I, I just – I can't think of one off the top of my head that I watch on game day, watch on Sundays, and think – Wow, he must be, you know, he must be great to sit down and have a cup, a cup of coffee with at, you know, 9.30 <laughs> on Monday morning. What a, what a uh, sweetheart. Just, a sweetheart. They, they, they must, yeah, they, mu- they may be out there. I'm not, you know, imputing kind of, um, you know, terrible things to all these people, but I just, I, I don't know. I can't name one off the top of my head. Never, yeah, you never hear that. You know that defensive coordinator over there with the Chiefs? He's <laughs> right. all. Yeah, he works with puppies on the. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's just it's not it's not something that goes hand in hand uh, normally. All right, that's fair. But he he should get a year to me. Williams gets a year. That's it. I mean, period. If you're going to come down hard, you're going to take away draft picks from the Saints. You're gonna he he gets a year, and and he should be lucky that that's all he's getting. Because yeah, and I I make case that he could be you know you've you've seen things banning him for life. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, that was the the initial thing was, you know, kind of the initial hysteria was, you know, ban Williams, um, you know, send him away forever into a, into a hole and never never speak his name again. You know, fire Loomis, fire Peyton. I mean, once that kind of kind of died down a little bit as these things tend to do, um, I think you can kind of get Williams with a year and I don't think that's I don't think they it's not surprising. I, I kind of withhold judging whether or not it's right or it's wrong. Um it's just it would not shock me at all. Okay. All right. So uh I'm gonna uh I have one last question for you, then we're gonna let you run and uh, we're gonna bring in uh, uh my brosif to try to convince me about this. Peyton Manning. My friend. Um, First of all, well, you you gotta be thrilled that he was released yesterday. Yeah. Well, what is a PR miracle for 500? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I, I, I can't ag- agree. As bad as the timing was with respect to the Saints allegations and the NFL's kind of ongoing um, issues, the Peyton Manning, you know, $28 million uh, roster bonus couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, Peyton Manning. Thank you. Once again, yeah. New, Orleans, New Orleans' own son doing, yeah, doing, the, yeah. doing the town a solid by getting and, released. And I'll tell you – one other thing that no one is talking about because of the the, the the bounty issue is the fact that they had to franchise Drew Brees because yeah. of contract issues, and that he is more than likely not going to show up for you know the off season the, the off season workouts. I mean that is a it's an enormous story. It's yeah. a huge Mom. story, um, and that is just kind of you know between between first the, the Saint bounty issues and then the Peyton Manning story. Um, that's just kind of gone by the wayside. So it's right. it's. It, it, the Peyton thing really came at a good time from a from a selfish Saints fan perspective. <laughs> so yeah, that little thing about that five five thousand yard thrower and uh, him not being happy and having to be franchised and maybe holding out and oh yeah, right. And, and you're losing a first round pick, but you know what, yeah. Trox, you won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and 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 you actually, I will give you credit for this because what's that? I said you can't bitch. That's the rules. You know no. the rules. I, I I have have kind of promulgated this this 
you know, theory out there, and, and more often than not, I, I kind of claim it as my own and don't give you the due credit for it. Um, but the five-year rule you told me about a long time ago, I think, is, is you know, it's, it's sage sage wisdom, my friend. That's a, a very good rule. I, I ripped it off from Simmons. It is Simmons. Absolutely. Okay, well, then there you go. I'm giving, I'm giving you credit for it. I'll take um, it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That is that's a, I mean that's a that's a a good a good thing to kind of fall back on. And obviously I was, you know, I was not a happy camper, you know, with the results out in San Francisco this year, especially because it it was the 49ers and again, yeah. you're, you know, I mentioned earlier the chance to exercise these demons against the Vikings. There's there's, you know, tenfold <laughs> more demons uh against the 49ers and yeah. you know, their old their Plus, old late 80s early 90s teams. So Plus you probably um, have beaten the Giants at home. What's that? I said you probably would have beaten the Giants at home. Yeah, I mean, you know, I actually we we share multiple um multiple kind of giant friends, right? I mean, we have we have friends mm-hmm. that are that are giant fans and um I actually the, the morning after the Super Bowl, you know, kind of pulled up on YouTube the clips from that Sunday night game, you know, where the Saints just I mean, embarrassed the Giants. There's no other word for it. They they absolutely destroyed them and I mean, I can recall Chris Collinsworth in in the way he only can do. Um, you know, questioning everything about the Giants, their heart, their, you know, their ability to to finish the season 500 certainly i mean at that point thinking of them as a playoff team was was laughable um yeah. you know and I, and I kind of pulled the little the little saints fan you know compendium of, of clips up that you know someone had made on youtube and sent it off to our you know friend the giant fan and said does this look anything like the team <laughs> you know that just yeah. won the super bowl so and, and, and um, honestly i i mean i i think every most giant fans especially the good ones that i know you know that that are real fans and realistic. I mean, they're they're blinded by their team's success, and why shouldn't they be? But they know that no one was beating the Saints in the dome this year. No one was beating them that team at home. I mean, period. I, if Green Bay could have gone in there, which they wouldn't have because they had them one seat. But they, Green Bay could have gone in there and was not beating the Saints at home. The Giants were no, not that's, the Saints at home. Nobody that's was beating. The only that team yeah. was going to lose was on the road. Yeah, that's a confidence I didn't even have during the Super Bowl year. I mean, there was there was an an absolute, you know, like you said, ironclad. We're not going to lose. I mean, you know, you go into the playoff the playoff game, um, you know, against the Lions, and and they can put up points and everything. But at no point did I ever think that you know that they were going to lose. And you're exactly right. You know, when I'm watching. Um, actually, I'm, I'm such a baby that when the Saints lost, I didn't watch the Giants-Packers game <laughs> because I was I cut out a bad bad taste in my mouth. But um, you're a baby, well, you I'm know, gonna beat it because uh, when the Jets it, make the playoffs, I don't even watch the playoffs. You know, like it I, is, I it is hard watching the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. But when I I kind of you know checked scores and saw the Giants had won, I mean that was obviously the first thing was I mean to to be playing for the NFC Championship against a team they embarrassed you know eight weeks ago um, in in an environment which you know not only do I think they can't lose but more importantly they think they can't lose um, you know it was it was almost a shoo-in at that point. Yeah. Well, so. uh, uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. And w- real quick, give me the team. Where's he going? Where's Peyton go? I don't know. I heard Jim Beheim today. Um, you know, he was he was kind of using his post game Big East press conference uh, influence to try to convince him to go to the Jets. That was yeah. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, Which you know, you're about to. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you guys. I, I imagine at some point you were gonna talk about that. I, I, if I had a gut feeling, I mean, the Dolphins are a pretty attractive situation, right? That seems to be the right fit. That seems to be. I, the right fit. I think, I think what's, what's interesting. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. I'm sorry. No, no. I, um, say, I, I think Tennessee is is being completely ignored, and that would be like a 
a total homecoming. He's the conquering hero. He's a legend in Tennessee. They have yeah, a young yeah. back, Jake Locker, who can probably wait two years to play. Um, and they have a good team. They have a good nucleus. They have a good running back. They have solid receivers if Kenny Britt comes back. I don't understand how Tennessee is not super in play here. Well, and, and I'll ask again you this, and you can get to it because I certainly don't want to monopolize you know all your time. I know your brother's coming on. You've been you've been great for having me on this long. Um, but you know I, I I wonder with respect to the Jets and the Dolphins and the Titans and everything. I, I kind of heard some, um, and again it was changing the channels today while I was in the car, so I didn't hear much of it. But you know I understand there's this this policy where where Peyton doesn't want to to work out, um, and some teams are really pushing him on that, and some aren't. Um, and it really reminds me of the Breeze situation five years ago, right? Right. I mean, yep. you've got Bre- you've got Breeze all but begging to go to Miami and Nick yep. Saban in his infinite wisdom saying, "I don't think I don't know if your shoulder's healed. You need to work out." And Sean Payton saying, "Buddy, we will take you, you know, no yeah. questions asked." Cuz at that point, uh, there there probably was not a less attractive you know, option than New Orleans at that point, right? Coming yep. off a a 3 and 13 year. Um obviously that worked out better than anyone could have anticipated for for the Saints, and I certainly mm-hmm. don't I don't, you know, kind of look down on Saban for for sticking to his guns on that, but it sounds like it might be a very similar situation with respect to Manning suitors. I agree, no, totally, and 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 of course it worked out. You know, Peyton just knew that Sean Peyton just knew that Breeze would be perfect for his system, and so right, uh, you know, everybody wins there. Trox, thank you, brother. Will you come on again? Absolutely. The, the tournament's starting up, buddy. You know, I could talk for four hours about that. So, um, in yes. fact, I'm, I'm checking the scores right now. This is how this is how excited I was to come on, Sam Pete, tonight. The Irish are playing right now. They're up by two at halftime uh, in the Big East tournament in a place where they play just miserably most of the time. Um, right. So I'll probably go watch the uh, second half, and hopefully Notre Dame Beautiful. can do some damage. Hopefully NC State sneaks in. Um, I felt like an awful, awful human being cheering against Northwestern today <laughs> and needing them to lose to open up a, a slot for State to get in. Um, but, yeah, I'll come back whenever, buddy. I will, I will always come, come back and, and certainly enjoyed it. Um, it was a great time. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. And next time Cal will be here. He sends his apologies. He has had a, uh, a situation he has to handle. Cal. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but um, he will be here next time. Jeff, I'll talk to you during the week. All right, brother? All right. Take care, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right. So uh, that was my buddy Trox on all that. And we're going to like this next guest. We're going to move right to the next guy coming in. Because we're ready to know the count. Yeah, one of the few people I would take a bullet for. Hey, what's up, Stevie? How you like that? Jump in front of a bus for you, my friend. Oh, you're you're kind. And I would jump in front of one for you as well. A big what? bus for you, one of those double decker jobs, not even like a little one. <laughs> one of those British hand full of lead pennies. Okay. Is this what we're gonna do? <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> How long's the program? See, there you go. I just quoted Sleepless in Seattle. See? It's it's we're filthy with this. 
these little uh, these little test quotes to see uh, how big uh, how much estrogen I actually have. What? Uh, wow. So we've listened to Seattle's stealth uh, chick movie. It's not actually a chick movie. It's uh, do some steel magnolias for me, so I can uh, you know lose your phone number. Oh, please. oh, right. oh, oh you're, no. you're absolutely right, Scott. It is a sneaky uh, uh, chick movie. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it is a stealth chick movie because and there's the great scene with Hanks and uh, uh, his brother-in-law in the movie or whatever. Yeah, and, where they're making fun of the uh, <laughs> right, they're, they're, they're making the fun Magnificent of, Seven or something like that, or the fan no, uh, oh, what the heck? Oh. Is, yeah, it's, and then, then Trudy Lopez, it's like and uh, Jim Brown dies. The Jim Brown, the Dirty Dozen, the Dirty Dozen. Thank you, thank you, with Bronson. <laughs> Bronson being awful. I love that movie so much. Oh, it's so, um, so terrible. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to uh, Ready to Unload, my friend. You are here for a very specific reason. Cal is uh, Cal is unable to join us uh, tonight. He had to take care of a little something, but he'll be back next week. Uh, Cal, he he wants. He's uh, he was going to be very against what you're about to talk about. Well, so you can be you can be very against it if you wish. We can, we can do a we can do a hardball type of thing, right? Right. Issue issue number four. Right. Issue number four. Peyton Manning should he be a jet? Jack Johnson. Where does he go, PJ? Um, I, I we're gonna obviously talk about Peyton Manning to the Jets, um, or Peyton Manning anywhere. Obviously, yesterday he becomes a free agent, Scott. Uh, for the yeah. first time ever, he's got to be the most uh, sought-after free agent in the history of, of the NFL, right? I mean, pay, I mean, Brett Favre doesn't count because that was a trade. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's pretty unprecedented, Steve. I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering, going back, casting over the years, is there someone who would be as sought-after when he hit the free agent market? i got to go back, maybe Reggie White. Reggie but White. even then, it's... It's not even. I mean, Reggie White was heavily recruited. He, no, that's a tremendous. People wanted him. That is a tremendous call. I think. I think Manning. I think you could make the argument that Reggie White was bigger, only because he was healthy. He was right. sort of sort of in his prime, and he was and yeah. he he held like a seven team you know courting ritual that was, you know, it was everything but aired on HBO. Like it was if yeah. that. If that situation existed today, with today's social media, with Twitter, and I mean, sure. could you imagine? You know, the the, the the only comparison I think in sports over the last twenty five years is LeBron. I mean, right? That uh, like, that's it. And uh, LeBron absolutely. is bigger than this, but. And again, the only the, the difference is, as you say, Peyton's health is still a question mark. They think he's going to be okay, but you don't know. And it's, you know, LeBron really didn't have anything to prove other than, you know, now he's got the whole deal with winning a championship and can he rise to the, that's, we're not going to get into that here, but, you know, Peyton's got some question marks. For all that he could have retired yesterday, gone into the Hall of Fame on roller skates, first ballot, no question, you know, now he's got something to prove. Can he come back? Can he be the Peyton that everyone remembers? Can he... Can he come back and, and play at the level that he's that he's been known for for his entire career? Right. And P.S. His brother just won a Super Bowl again. Right. Uh, one more than he's not sweating it either. 
He's the so he's not, that's right. He wrote a hit play and directed it. So he's not sweating either. Exactly. <laughs> his brother just won his second Super Bowl and second Super Bowl MVP, and is yeah. now on his way to having a better, not numbers wise, it'll never be better numbers wise, but overall, what might be be, be considered a better career. A so more successful career. Sure. Right, more successful career. So there's because what is the quarterback measured by? Is he measured by, you know, is he measure is he Dan Marino? Is he measured by the 400 touchdowns that he threw, or is he measured by Super Bowl wins? You know, it's 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 really unfair. And you know who talks about this a lot, and I love when he talks about it, is Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason always talks about this because he's another one who had some good years, won an NFL MVP, but never won the big game. And he says the quarterback gets the blame for that, and it's team game. Yep. Manning didn't lose the Super Bowl. He was in his team, lost the Super Bowl. He was in Marino didn't lose the Super Bowl. He made his team, lost it, and he never got back because the team wasn't good enough to get him there. It's a it's a forty-four it, it, person team, you know. It is, it is Scott. But don't forget, Peyton Manning throws the pick in that game against the Saints. Agree. You know that the, the, in a big spot. I mean, Peyton Manning's eight and nine in his career in the playoffs. True. You're right, and and you wonder so you, you how much me- of that eight and nine is right. Is but you are measured. So you go look at his numbers in some of those games, and he is not right. good. And you are measured for how you play in big games. Yes, it's a team game, but you know, and and I could you could probably easily write off five of those five of those losses to uh, their defense, like when the Jets beat them, you know, and beat them forty one nothing, like you know. Sure, uh, he never had a chance in that game. Right, right? never had a chance in that not game, but wasn't their day. Right. right, but you are measured by how you play in those big games, right? So he does the, – the bottom line that we got around to is that he does have a lot to prove. He he still he has a lot to prove. He's the, one of the top five quarterbacks of all time, and yet he still has a lot to prove. Is he healthy? His brother just – you know, and, and you know, where where are the articles about – maybe I'm wrong, guys. Maybe Maybe I'm reading this entirely wrong. But these Manning boys seem to be awfully competitive. Yeah, like see, that's, I'm, I'm I think, not saying I think that's that an he, angle. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. he wants to play. No, I was going to say, I'm not saying he wants to play Eli twice a year. You said the not, two brothers who talk over each other. I'd like to hear <laughs> what? that. Would you say something? I mean, I would think that this is the way it really needs to be, Steve, just so you know. <laughs> the funny thing about Scott, though, is that he should be quiet. <laughs> You know when get Steve the word in much much <laughs> better. I mean, <laughs> holy shit! What I was going to say is, you know, I don't. I'm not saying that Peyton Manning wants to play Eli twice a year. He definitely doesn't. I mean, he's already come out and said he doesn't want to be in the NFC. And you got to right. think that part of that, not. you know, he, he'd prefer not to be in the NFC. He definitely, and and you know, that's because the Redskins came calling. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, if the 49ers sweeten the pot, he would go there. I think, but I don't think the 49ers want him. I don't think they're interested either. I think they they think they can win with Alex Smith, and I, I think they're going to commit to him in the next. I mean, that's what I'm reading. That he's there, there's a deal in the works there. I agree with you. I think that the competitive angle is just not it's not being played up a little bit. But I think there's got to be something there. You know, from having watched him, he is a fierce competitor. He really wants to win every game he's in. He, he, he it, it matters to him. There's a reason why he never leaves the film room and why he studies so hard, obviously the guy is driven, right? So you know, maybe he's not competing with his brother, but i got to think there's an element there. You know what? I saw Eli, and he won in New York, and I saw how great it was for him to win in New York 
And, you know, I kind of want that feeling, too. I, I had a great experience in Indianapolis. I love the fans there. But, you know, if I win in New York, I could have what Eli has. I kind of want that. Maybe I can try and go get that. Right. So, well, that, that ties into uh, why one of the reasons we brought you on the show, other than your, you know, charming personality and the fact that you're dashing. Uh, and you and PJ for the second time tonight likes the cut of your jib. Yes, uh, I have yeah. a face for radio. Absolutely, uh, I would drink Drano for this man. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got like ninety six more of those, by the way. He's, just been, he's been working on those all day. See, you can't um, even see me blush on the radio, right? You some can't of them, even see some of them, how I'm blushing here. You're making me blush. I gotta be honest, Scott. Some of them are really obscure. Really, seen, <laughs> and then I was blushing even more. <laughs> like I no, no, it's just really like I don't understand what you know Mel Gibson could possibly have to do with this, and he's got one. <laughs> you know, there, there's just some that I would like, teach a Kabbalah class to Mel Gibson for this man. <laughs> there it is. You know, so uh, there's there's some that are just you know they seem like maybe a little out of left field, like right. I don't know how you can involve. I would date Christopher Plummer for this man. <laughs> wow, oh. in Klingon makeup or not? <laughs> him or you? Wait, what? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> you were Christopher Plummer. Right, I'm <laughs> muting myself out of self-preservation. No, this um, reminds me. Reminds me of the Rodney Dangerfield bit. Doctor Vidi Bumbat's been doing nothing. He wouldn't do for me. Nothing I wouldn't do for him. We've been doing nothing for each other for many, many years. <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> Um, but we, I, I did want to bring you on because you, you uh, almost single-handedly, via text message, yes. convinced convinced me that the Jets should make a run at Manning. And now I, I have to tell you, I'm still, again, I'm still against. Still it. again, still on. You still on the no side of the fence? I am. I am sitting after today. I'm sitting quite comfortably on the no side of the fence. Now, let me get two things out of the way I, I, that I've been dying to say on uh, our radio program all day today. One, if I hear one more person tell me how upset Mark Sanchez is or how he should be so insulted or how the Jets disrespected him by uh, checking in with Peyton Manning, I, I mean, I'm really going to lose it. <laughs> I am really going to lose it. Uh, well, because that that's just ridiculous. And and one of the writers from SI, I can't remember his name, but he tweeted tonight, you know, the notion that Mark's if he's that thin skinned, right. then then maybe they should release him and go after Peyton Manning. Because uh, I think the speculation that Mark Sanchez is somehow feeling disrespected, and maybe he is, okay, maybe he's feeling, but if if he uses it for anything other than competitive fire, he's not worth his salt. And 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 there's no evidence that he's not using it as competitive fire. Well, we, I mean, we don't we don't know what he's thinking. He's he's sort of gone to uh, to Garbo esque yeah. status right now. You know, he's, right. he's sort of reclu- recluded himself. Is that even a word? He recluded himself. He's become a recluse. Is what I'm going right. for. We have a person recused. Are you trying for recused? I don't know what I was going for. Withdrawn. I'll just withdraw it. He hasn't spoken. He's uh, he's gone media silent, right? He's uh, yeah. he's gone low profile. He's gone incognito, and you know what? I don't I don't blame him for in the slightest. But let me come back to your point because uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you got to put on your big boy pants. You got to suck it up, and you got to realize it's not a slight. It's not an insult. Uh, 
if you really care about the team and, and you want what is best for the team, then the team owes it to all the players on the team, not just you, to give the team the best chance to win. And if Sanchez is honest with himself, he's got to realize, you know what, Peyton Manning healthy, even Peyton Manning at 90%, he's not, Sanchez isn't where Peyton Manning is. And Peyton Manning gives them the best chance to win if he's healthy and he can play. That's just, that's the bottom line. So Sanchez should realize he's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to play a game that he loves. And as you say, Steve, it's an opportunity. Make yourself better. Make it so that the Jets would be stupid to talk to another quarterback. Make it so that when Peyton moves on, because this ain't going to be, even if he comes to the Jets, you know it's not going to be for more than two, three years tops. By two that years time, tops. By which time, yeah, by which time uh, Sanchez will be 28. Not, not even. Old, right? 27, 28. 27, 28, that's the prime of your career. Learn from the best. Learn from one of the best to ever play the game. Learn how to take control of that locker room so you don't have idiots in your huddle with three minutes left in a game that's still winnable, pouting and, and fighting. Learn how to keep that from happening. Learn how to study like Peyton studies so they can't fool you on defense. Like, right. you know, learn how Peyton can make adjustments at the line, and he reads, and he, what is his keys. Unfortunately for, for Sanchez, he didn't have somebody to teach him that over the last couple of years. He had Schottenheimer. And we all yeah. know that... Uh, no that friend of the program. No friend of no, the program. absolutely not. We've been over it. We've <laughs> talked about it. It's been beaten to death. You know, right. the, the reason Sanchez, one of the reasons he hasn't uh, progressed the way I think people expected him to is because he doesn't have the support. He didn't have the coach teaching him how to do these things. And, it, you know, maybe part of it is him. Like, I, I couldn't agree with that writer more. If this is an insult, if you find, the, if you're this thin-skinned that you don't realize that the Jets have a duty to every player on that team and their fans to try to get one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, to play for them for the next two, three years. If you think that's an insult, then then you you shouldn't be the quarterback because you are too thin-skinned to ever succeed in New York. And the Jets should trade him to to Pete Carroll and see what they can get for him. All right, sir. We Uh, agree. We agree wholeheartedly. Right now. Uh, uh, Yes, I I concur. Now, so tell me, tell me honestly, tell me why this team, the, uh, as currently constructed, for, give it to me in two parts. One from the Jets' point of view, although you you started to do that a little bit, and two from Peyton's point of view. Well, I, you know, I think the Jets have a lot to offer Peyton. I think a lot of teams have a lot to offer Peyton, but I think Peyton has even more to offer to the Jets. You, last year, you and I struggled watching this team. It was not a fun team to watch. It was an inconsistent team. There were a lot of things on this team that if they had only had a more consistent offense, if they had only had more consistent performance out of their offense, it could have gone a lot further. They left a lot of points on the field last year. They left a lot of points at the end of drives that they couldn't finish. They hung their defense out to dry so many times with the three and outs and the incomplete passes and the stretches where Sanchez just couldn't hit the side of a barn. You know what? Peyton Manning brings consistency. He brings confidence. Wouldn't it be nice for the Jets to have a quarterback that they could bring to a Pats game and realize that, hey, we're at least even at quarterback? Wouldn't it be nice for the Jets to have a quarterback that every player in that locker room could believe in and think, this is the guy? Not that you've got to talk yourself into him, not that you've got to rally around him, but 
He's got a track record. You know he can do it. He's done it. That confidence is a huge, huge factor. Look, look at the Broncos this year. All right, but, Bron- but okay, but uh, all right. So wait, uh, those, those are all those are all well and good, and obviously we're taking uh, Peyton Manning's health as a given in this. Well, I think you, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think you have to absolutely you have to assume that he's healthy. If he's not healthy, you know, sort of all bets are off. And I guess that's a different conversation. Is do you take the chance? I'm assuming he's healthy. Okay. And how and how you know can you find out if he's healthy? We don't know that. Well, we but, don't know yet. We're gonna watch the process play out. Right, but let's assume. So you bring all that stuff in the locker room. Are the Jets a win now team? I think every no, team in the NFL should be make, a win now team. But is it, but but let's talk realistically. Let's talk about the personnel they have under contract. Let's talk about what they're bringing back on defense. Let's talk about what weapons they have in the offensive set. Are they a win now team? Are they a quarterback away? from winning now because you do only have if you sign Manning a window of one or two years are they are they are they good enough and and I know you could take the Giants and they were seven and seven and they got hot at the right time but the the Giants also got health at the right time and at the best line of football they also had an elite quarterback and And they have an elite quarterback but but the Jets don't have but the Jets don't have the the Giants defensive line either you know what I mean do they that's true they have Rex Okay. Now let, let's let's break it down, right? So here on the offense, I would say the Jets have at least as many weapons as any of the other teams that are going to be after him, right? So you've got Sean Green, you've got Joe McKnight, you've got Bilal Powell at the running back position. You've got a, a solid running game. You've got an offensive line that maybe didn't play up to its standards of the past couple of years or last year, but can get it done. And you've got an offensive coordinator who – for all that he's a ground-and-pound guy, he's not really. He, he's more than happy to open it up if he can open it up. I mean, you know, Brandon Marshall uh, put up some good numbers last year, and it wasn't all running game and it wasn't all ground-and-pound. He's actually – I don't think he gets enough credit for being creative in how to utilize his players. I think that's why they brought him in is because they think he'll do a better job of utilizing the players. So look at the receiving core. You've got Dustin Keller, who's just begging to be a Dallas Clark clone. You've got Santonio Holmes, who's just begging to be a Reggie Wayne clone. You've got Jeremy Curley, who emerged last year as a reliable slot receiver, and you're telling me that if Peyton Manning can make Austin Collie a star, he can't make Jeremy Curley a star? You're telling me he can't find Jeremy Curley for 60 passes, 60 catches a season up the seam? I find that hard to believe. All right, so the Jets have some weapons on offense. Dustin Keller could catch 100 balls with Peyton as his quarterback in a, an offense like he's used to running with the double tight end set. They're getting Cumberland back, who's got some potential catching passes at tight end. I think they are a win-now team. I think the window with Holmes, on offense anyway, the window with Holmes, the window with Mangold and DeBrick and Brandon Moore and all the linemen that they have, uh, you're not going to be able to hold them together for more than two, three, maybe four years tops. No, you're right. right? They're, they're a win-now team on offense, and they have some weapons. On defense, I think it's the same story. You've got... David Harris, you've got Darrell Rivas, you've got Antonio Cromartie. These are these are guys who are in the prime of their careers. You want to take yeah. advantage of. You want I, to take advantage of of the prime of of Rivas's career. You're not going to have. He's never had a cornerback like Rivas if Peyton Manning comes to the Jets. He's never had a defensive coordinator like Rex. Dungey's a good defensive coordinator with the head coach, but it's a different kind of defense. Yeah, um, no, I, all fair. All fair, and 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 you know they were eight and eight last year. They weren't four and twelve. I mean, no, I think that gets that right. gets lost in the shuffle. They were a Tim Tebow ninety five yard drive away from making the playoffs. 
Yeah, and a, and a Victor Cruz 99-yard catch, right? That's right. So, so you know, well, and 67 passes. Um, so, yes, so I agree with that. My contention then becomes, as we've talked about, you went to two FC championship games with Mark Sanchez. Last year they were 8-8 eight and eight with a terrible offensive coordinator. We know he was a big part of the problem. The locker room fractured. I think what's not being made a big enough deal of is that Schottenheimer is gone, and I think a lot of the animosity uh, that Santonio Holmes and his immaturity and whatnot was, was, was aimed at Schottenheimer. Okay, I think Schottenheimer was a big part of the problem in the relationship between Sanchez and Holmes. He's gone, okay? You've taken that out of the equation, and you've got an offensive coordinator in there that's not going to take any crap, all right? You've won with Sanchez. Okay? He puts that you, on his resume, right? Morano, have, I don't take any crap. Right the top crap. The and and you've won with Sanchez, and you only have about $8 million to play with under the cap, and this team has other needs. Is the quarterback a need? Or is it just, hey, dude, it's Peyton Manning? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I, I, look, the quarterback is not a need. The Jets, if they don't, for whatever reason, wind up getting Peyton Manning, they still have Sanchez. And well, they're not getting him, Scott. I can tell you right now, they're not getting him. I can tell you right now, they're not getting him. He, he well, I really think it's for one reason. I really think it's he doesn't want to play in the same city with Eli. I really do. Yeah. But you, you, but now you're contradicting yourself. It's a very ugly thing when you when you contradict yourself. <laughs> wow. Um, before you said uh, the competitive angle is getting underplayed. Well, how the better? Angle, but no, no, no. The competitive angle. I just said it from. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I was just going to say I didn't mean it from the New York point of view. I meant it from the coming back to win another Super Bowl point of view at all. Well, I, I don't all. think you totally throw the New York angle out. I, I, yeah, he doesn't want to play against his brother. I don't think for one second he would mind playing in the same city as his brother. I th- it's not a matter of, of having the spotlight or not. There's enough spotlight to go around in New York. Look, um, one of the yeah, other things... He, did, he doesn't off, need New York. He's Peyton Manning. Understood. You mean, how, much like, bigger, how much bigger could he be in New York? He can't get think any bigger. It. Peyton Manning. He's the, biggest, he, he's the biggest star in the NFL, and he played in Indianapolis. Like, I don't I think understand. it matters where he goes. Yeah, you know what? There's something to that. Like, something to that. He's still the biggest star in the NFL. Well, yeah, but I mean, still New York. Everything's bigger in New York. I don't know if that no. cash holds. But uh, that's why I don't think I don't think he's going to come here. I, I also don't think I think all the idea the idea that he doesn't want to come to the circus or whatever or he doesn't want to play for Rex is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, that is ridiculous. He's not worried about a circus or a locker room or. And thanks, by the way, thanks, Joe Namath for. Possibly sabotaging any chances the Jets might have at getting him. Could you please just stop tweeting about the Jets, please? Stop. Right, what, did he say? Stop. what did he say now, Joe? Uh, Joe uh, said that exactly what you just said. Well, you know, I don't think Peyton would want to come to the Jets because the Jets are a zoo and they got to clean up their act first before they get a guy like Peyton. Meanwhile, Dan Marino, Mr. Dolphins, tweeting, hey, Peyton, love to see you in Miami. Miami would love to have you. would be a great fit. Uh, Joe, yeah. not, you're not helping. Just well, I think. I, and, and you're not well, helping. Right. <laughs> hey Joe, put put Joe, the Twitter down. Knock it off. Not helping. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh and I, and, and he's he, frankly he's ignoring one thing. And that's he's Peyton Manning. Right. The minute that he walks into the jet locker room, all that stuff stops immediately. Exactly. That's exactly right. You want <laughs> the, the quickest way to fix the locker room? <laughs> right. Bring in Peyton. 
Right. There's nothing to be exactly. Then, then all the division and the fractures go away. Right. Right. I mean, if if what, anything, what that's like a, about? anything that's like a selling point. <laughs> you exactly. know, like Joe is, uh, Joe is exactly wrong. Like if anything, right. that's a selling point. You know, for the Jets right. to pursue him because the minute, the minute he walks the locker room, all that stuff is gone. That's right. Look, I, I, this is not a knock on Sanchez. I love Sanchez. I really want him to succeed. I think he's a great guy. I don't buy any of the crap about him not being a hard worker. I think he's a very hard worker. Uh, I think he emotionally has to mature like a lot of guys his age, and I think he'll get there. I really want him to succeed, but I just don't see how you pass up a chance to have that kind of quarterback playing for your team when every See, you asked me before, are the Jets a win-now team? I hate that phrase. Every team should be a win-now team. If you're not a win-now team, why are you bothering? Why even have the season? You always should but be trying to win. Every year you should be trying to win. Every year. And every team is, but every team, uh, but every team doesn't real. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are, uh, you know, probably not going to win the Super Bowl. I, you know, I agree they, with they, they, they just uh, there's, a, you know, you have to factor talent in. Do you not? I mean, he does. Peyton Manning has to. Peyton Manning yeah, has to. He has to factor in the talent and who has a, you know. Uh, a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl. And so here, the question, here are the other two teams. Here are the other two teams that I think probably have the best shot at getting them. Obviously, Miami, very strong contenders. You got Brandon Marshall. Their defense was pretty good last year. Oh, that's you know. not a good team. I. Just, but I well, agree I, with you. And they're also in a little bit of upheaval. You know, they got a new coach. Exactly. They, uh, they got an ownership situation. They just uh, the owner kind of, you know, a little. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little sketchy to me. I just it just doesn't give me a good vibe from this guy. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's as good a situation talent wise as what the Jets have. I don't think it's yep. a good. I don't think it's a good fit in, for a number of reasons. But I mean, what do I know? You know, what what do we know? What goes on behind closed doors? But That's if right. you look at it on paper, you know, it's a new system. There is a new coach. You know, they right. they they. They didn't quit on Sperano last year. It almost seemed like they wanted to keep Sperano. Right. You know, it, so I'm not saying that the and the, the owner's the, kind of weaselly with what he did the, to Sperano last year. Exactly. And, the owner's the owner's questionable at best. Right. And 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 you know, do you really want to follow in Dan Marino's footsteps? I mean, because yeah, you're, exactly. Cause well, like, you, know, <laughs> you would be, and you'd be yeah. constantly compared to him. Like here, Namath played so long ago. No one's going to compare. Uh, Manning to name it. Okay, it's just it's not yeah. there. If you come to the oh, exactly. Now the other team you mentioned, which I thought was an excellent point, and I don't see nearly enough people writing about it, is the Titans. The Titans yeah, just it's. I, I mean, somebody sign him just to sell ago. the place out every Sunday. That's the only reason they should sign him, just to guarantee a sellout. Every not, a, not only that, though, that's a team that you could make the argument is somewhat close. You can, yeah, you know, they went eight and eight last year, but there's a ton of talent there. They had a new coach last year, don't forget, but they have a young coach who, uh, in Monchak, who can kind of, you know, isn't beholden to anything, you right. know, so he can come in there and sort of be the coach, um, and and do, you know, what he wants to do with the system. There's a ton, of, you know, Chris Johnson, Kenny Britt. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of talent on that offense. On the offense, anyway, their defense again. I think it's. I, if I were him, I would look at Tennessee and I'd be concerned I was going right back to the future with all those Colts teams where I was carrying the whole team. I, 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 I didn't can have a defense to carry the, the weight. I think you can right? fix that defense in a hurry, and I think they have a young quarterback there who hasn't started. 
in Jake Locker, who would benefit a right. ton from you know being under Manning for two years. And you cannot – I mean, they they sell out anyway. The Titans do fine. But you cannot diminish the fact that he is – Peyton Manning is a monster in Tennessee. Yeah, he, he is. He may be the most famous person is. in Tennessee. I mean, I he could run – Nashville, he, Elvis he, was in Tennessee too. But he's right. very popular down there. Yes. Wait, isn't it? Wait, where's Graceland? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Anyway, he's the most popular athlete in in Tennessee. Yeah, he's he's definitely very popular down there. There's no doubt about it. He's you know, huge. He could run for here. political office tomorrow. He's huge in Tennessee. Here. Yeah. He would Maybe be not more popular than Heath Schuler, but popular. Oh come on now. <laughs> he would be a ridiculous conquering hero. I think that's a perfect fit for him. Or. You know, I don't see how the Cardinals are a better fit than the Jets. I don't see how, you know, obviously uh, the 49ers would be, but they don't want they don't seem to want them. You know, now Kansas City and Denver called about them today too, Scott. Yeah, I can't see, you know what, uh, they called about them. Now, is everybody yeah. getting excited in Denver? Is 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 our Tim Tebow's no, feeling they love Tebow. They, I know, yeah. right? Is, saying, is, are, is Tebow being insulted that they called Peyton, right. right? Have they disrespected Tim Tebow now? Or I mean, right. I understand that it's a little different in that Sanchez has been starting for three years, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's not different. It's not Tim different Tebow at all. Is is the biggest star in the NFL last year. He's a legitimate phenomenon, like Jennifer Runyon in Ghostbusters. Uh, wow, deep cuts. What? Deep cuts, what? my friends. That's uh, yeah, that <laughs> that is a deep cut right there. The podcast is bleeding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's a legitimate phenomenon. Is is he? Are they all pissed off about him? Everybody's everybody's up in arms about that that they called yeah. uh, Manning. I think it's the same situation. It's just as applicable. Tebow probably is pissed off, and he should be if he's a competitor. But he's got to take it. and He's got to make use of his motivation, right? It, no one's saying that you shouldn't be pissed off. Be pissed off. You should be pissed off because if you're not, then you you shouldn't be the quarterback. You should right. want to be the guy. And if you're annoyed that. There's questions about you being the guy. Well, look at the mirror. Why are there questions? Because you didn't play as well as you probably could have. Get better. That's right. all it is. Right. right. You're not a you're not a franchise quarterback yet. Yeah. You know, it'd be different if Sanchez had completed 65 percent of his passes last year, and they went 11 and five, and they got to the title game for the third year in a row. You know, I think at that point people would be saying, you know what, the Jets are kind of set, even if it's Peyton. You don't really want to upset everything, but that's that's just not what happens. And yeah, I still, I, still he played. I, I still don't like him. I still don't want him. Well, hey guys, I, I just yeah. want to let you know. Yeah, I'm looking at Jennifer Runyon's mug shot. Oh, that's depressing. Why? Yes. <laughs> what did she get arrested for? In Florida. Oh, really? see now, Florida is the nation's sanitarium. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what'd she do? Did she get arrested for being in Florida? I don't, I don't think they post what they do. <laughs> I don't understand. Is it really? Like oh, Jennifer, you're better than that. Evidently up, not. Up the creek. Come on, everybody. Is it a star? It is a star. It is a star. <laughs> you are a legitimate phenomenon. I was just about to say, 8 o'clock? You uh, were something special. I did that the other day. What did I? Oh, I did the. Uh, I need a little. I need. I need a little more time here, Ray. Can you come I'm back? Right in the middle of hour? something here, I'm, Ray. I'm right in the middle of something here, Ray. Can you come back in like an hour, hour and a half? Uh, 
This is big. This is definitely it. Right, we're very close. I, I feel it. Yeah, very, very close. <laughs> very Jennifer, close. you guys will have to come over and quote that entire movie with my son, who now knows it. <laughs> oh, that's magnificent. Hey, oh, you know we, what? We where? Uh, wait. So hold on, Pete. Just stay right there. We're gonna go into overtime. Ready to unload overtime. Uh, injury time. Extra time. That's right. Uh, I can feel it happening. You know what? We'll put it up on the web. Don't even worry about it. But uh, before we get to, I I do want to do a fun load while I have both you guys here. Uh, But before I get to that, oh, have I got a fun load for you guys? Oh, it's a it's a doozy. We're gonna need 15 minutes on it. But wow, before I get to that, Scott, (laughs) last lastly on Manning, you you did a great job almost talking me into him without a doubt. And you know what? I I am really on the fence. If they went out and got him tomorrow. I'm not buying the 18 jersey, but I'm not upset. I'll be honest. Uh, as upset as, but I still, I still want them to succeed with Sanchez because there's something. I don't think they need a quarterback. I don't think. Uh, I think that money is better spent in other places. I do think that they are only that they are going to be competitive again next year. I really do. I I agree they will be competitive. And in terms of spending the money in other places, yeah, I'm not sure there's too many other places to spend the money at this no, point. That's fair. That's fair. Given what but, the free agent market is going to look like, and and do you really get the most value for your money by bringing a guy like Peyton in at quarterback, which is the most important position on a team? Let's be that's honest. just tying, but it's tying up an awful lot of money in the quarterback position. That's right. Just, which when, is the when, most you, when you when you team absolutely. But you're not in that bad a shape where you need to do it. But your points are extraordinarily well taken. And anybody who says that they shouldn't investigate it, at least investigate it, is not being realistic. No, I'm sorry. You're just you're just not being realistic. And I, I love Sanchez more than any – I want to go see Wicked with him. Let's do this. Okay? Let's, let's, you know, let's not Rockette kick a man when he's down. I love the guy. Uh, he I, loves, I want he to see him. Loves, he loves the Rockettes. Um, but where does he wind up, Scott? Where does he wind up? Uh, you know, my gut tells me he will wind up in Miami. I'm thinking that he will like the chance to play Brady twice a year. He'll like the chance to be – I mean, he's got a condo in Miami, so he obviously likes the area. He'll look at the weapons and think, yeah, I can do some business with this. And, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, he's been a dome quarterback his whole career. And playing in Miami, he'll be a good weather quarterback. He won't be in a dome, but he'll have – it won't be a cold weather venue, right? He'll have to go to a cold weather venue, but he had to do that anyway yep. uh, where he used to play. So I, I think I'm, I would bet that he winds up in Miami. And uh, and then i got to root against him. And, and then, then i, I got to turn, turn my back, back on. <laughs> I got to turn right. my back on. All right. Well, well i got to turn my uh, back on. Oh. I think I- this song takes me back. I gotta re record those harmonies. Too sweet. I, yeah, I, can help with, I can help with that. <laughs> so, Dr. Iray, stat, uh, we have uh, exactly 11 minutes for this. But that's okay because this is one of those deals where, like, you guys have to answer quickly. Can't think about it too much. Okay? Lightning round. Exactly. Almost. 
Dr. E. Ray drops this uh, bomb in the RTU Sports chat room that we have going. Uh, he drops this in the middle of the afternoon with no consideration for the fact that this is going to take me the next four hours of my life to think, to think about and process and do something with no consideration. Okay. Ready? I have a question for you. Choose, choose one character's life you would uh, assume. You have to take into account quality of their love interest, adventure, level of danger associated with their life, looks, physicality, etc. Ready? <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Aragorn, Marty McFly, Martin Riggs, or John McClane? Aragorn. <laughs> well, you got to think about it for a second. No, 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 I did. It's Aragorn. Aragorn, 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 Aragorn. Uh, in, unpredictable. <laughs> in the dictionary in a predictable, it says C-U. <laughs> uh, and I hate to use such a lame, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Lame conceit with the dictionary thing. But come on, just think about it for a moment. Aragorn. Can I have the list again? Aragorn. 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 Thank you, PJ. Someone gave me the chance to be Aragorn, and I took it. Luke, yeah, I knew. You, I, I knew. I knew there was no chance you could get. But I, I'm surprised I even got the last three out. Thank you. <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Aragorn, Marty McFly, Martin Riggs, John McClane. Now, please take into account. No one know, takes Martin Riggs. What are you the kidding? First, the first. What? 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 Riggs? Slow down. Riggs. Slow down. First of all, you got to work with that guy. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. For, what right. you guys, the, the question you should have asked, which we asked immediately, was: Am I getting this person in adventure or at the end of said adventure? I, so, I'm, I am I assuming this life at the end of said adventure? Well, why would you take adventure so, into account if it's already right, over? Do I get to be Riggs before everyone he knows gets murdered or after Frank everyone or Frank he knows or, gets you know, murdered? At, or at the end of Lethal Weapon 4. Why is Riggs even on this list? Come on now. Because of Patsy Kensett. Because of Patsy Kensett. Wow, well, well. You Martin could be the big black people. guy from the Green Mile or Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, that's Danny Ocean, right? Or Luke Skywalker? You pick. Yeah, how is Danny Ocean not on that list? That, Danny Ocean, because that's a good call. Danny Ocean could be on that list. Thank you. Okay. But Martin Riggs is on that list because of a couple things. One, uh, we didn't take into account the fact that, as Evan said, you'd have to have every holiday meal with Danny Glover. Right. You can't <laughs> escape. You can't escape his family. Terrible. Had you considered that, you probably would have left him off the list. But probably, you could make, you could make, make the, the argument. You can make the That's argument. That's racist, man. At about the, <laughs> Riggs, Riggs. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting too old for this fun load. Uh, you oh. could make the argument, though, that Patsy Kensett is the hottest of all uh, the in-adventure uh, women. Liv Tyler. Sorry. Arwen is... Is, you, you will never convince me that Arwen. Well, no, excuse me, sorry, Marion Ravenwood. There you go. See, Every I time. said I said Indiana Jones. And Indiana I, Jones is my close second. Indiana Jones. Close second. Yes. Danny Over Ocean. Shoot. Danny Ocean. Come on now. 
That's pretty or good. even rusty. That's pretty good. Danny Ocean. I boy, I gotta tell Evan. Danny Ocean. I wanna be, pretty... I wanna be Batman. <laughs> See? How is Batman not on the list? Which one? Now now which Batman? Exactly. Are you Christian Bale Batman? Are you Michael Keaton Batman? Are you are you are you I wanna be the Batman that talks like this? It's then really intense. That would be the Christian Bale Batman then. Tell me Christian Bale. He's the Batman that you need. Love that. <laughs> that was an accidental instant impression. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> How did you do that? Did you put the phone in your mouth? How did you do that? I, you know, I don't have to give you my secrets. Let's just That's leave it at that. That was very, very good. I'm still taking Indiana Jones. I don't care. Taking Indiana Jones. It is I get, I, I get Marion. I get Karen Allen into the bargain. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm and Kate Capshaw. Wait, wait a minute. In defense, what is wrong with Karen Allen? No, There's that's nothing I, wrong with Karen Allen. That's that's okay. what we're saying. We're saying she's the the top of the list as far as everything that he just said. Like oh, that's why I you would do the Skywalker. Your right? tone of voice. All right. Dude, like, no, 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 and no. I get Karen that's Allen in the bargain. No, Karen oh. Allen is gorgeous. <laughs> it's like, well, well, you know, I I'll take the peanut butter eggs, but you know, I get some peeps too. Oh no 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 no! Karen Allen is is caviar and pate, my friend. She was she was the money at that time, without a doubt. And see, uh, here's here's my take. This is why you don't take little, little, Skywalker. Just think about it. Well, one? I I said she was a little. She seemed a little crazy pants. That Karen Allen. Yeah, well, that uh, you can't take Skywalker go. because he's like celibate. Who needs it? <laughs> exactly. Who's his love interest? His sister. Ew. No, but Evan said no. Evan Evan went Skywalker because he said, "I assume uh, the real question is at what point are you assuming the life at the movie's end? Because if it's at the movie's end, I'm thinking Skywalker. Think about it. He's a Jedi Master. Evil in the universe is gone. All he can mm. do now is just chill and get nearly any girl in the galaxy he wants. He can go to Naboo. He can go to Coruscant. Right. <laughs> and then I said he can even go like different species. Even right." So, you know, that's not a bet. And then I said, of course, but Luke Skywalker is... Skywalker is trolling for hut women. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, I then asked Evan, what kind of girls do you think are hanging out at the Tashi station? Right. To which he replied, probably Burning Manish. <laughs> They're a little crunchy. Over right, there. Which, I, which I took as the line of the, of the, uh, uh, of the chat conversation. Probably Burning Manish? I don't know. You think, and then he said, "You think Luke is really still hanging out at the Tashi Station by the end of Jedi?" I don't know. He seems whiny enough to want to go home again. I'm, I'm thinking back. it might. Yeah, <laughs> Luke, you can well, waste. Once you're hugely famous, you want to go back to the tenth reunion. So that's right. <laughs> that's the Tashi Gotta... Station. <laughs> oh, right. it's just the best Finally... reunion ever. We went to the Tashi Station. No, that would be Finally, a terrible, power. terrible character to assume. Terrible. I think – do you think that maybe somewhere Luke is on like an intergalactic Facebook talking about the reunion with all right. the other people from Tatooine and saying, I bet one of us is going to go to the Tashi station? Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he's probably like, and I'm finally going to get those power converters because it's been so long. <laughs> They've been holding them for me. Right. He's on the, he's on the, uh, the Facebook Tatooine reunion page. Right. I, I I can't wait to see you guys at the Tashi Station. I'm totally going to that bar in, in Mos Eisley. 
You remember the one I got kicked out of. Um, right. All right. So, you're, Scott, you're obviously going Aragorn. Well, let me explain. I mean, you know, he's got a good point about Luke being able to relax in the universe after the elimination of all evil, but so can Aragorn. And he's got an elf princess to do it with. So, you know, I'm sorry. When it comes to happily ever after, I think Aragorn has got it knocked. Right. This is the part of the podcast where Scott starts speaking in Elvish about the the advantages <laughs> of Peyton Manning becoming a Jet. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't speak Elvish, you can... Uh, all right, PJ, who are you taking? Um... I gotta have it. I got. I got an Danny Ocean style. I gotta know. Are you in or out? Uh, I'm in. Uh, Jason Bourne. When is that not on the list? Not on the list. What's wrong with? Why, why can't I add to the list? I gave you a very specific list. We could have another list at another time. This was the list. The list was the yeah. list. Forgot half the list. There's the <laughs> Just take Han Solo. No, Riggs. No, Luke Skywalker. No. Uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. I don't like traveling. <laughs> um. <laughs> you got you got one that stays primarily in the states. I don't. <laughs> you especially don't like traveling when it's a little red line and then a beep on a map. He takes very bad planes. I hate, hate traveling like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not an Indiana Jones movie. Constantly getting punched. I don't think I could. I could take that one on. Han Solo. I kind. I kind of dig on Han Solo. I do. Yeah, and you know, princess. Yeah, Carrie Fisher is at that time. I mean, we all know, you know, how she went sort of. Uh, <laughs> Margot Kidder in the dumpster afterward, but at that time, it was before she found dairy. It was fine. Yeah, right. she was choice. Oh. is nice. Yes, we all Ouch. know the, the bikini and uh, Jedi. I mean, we we got it. Yeah. We did. Hello. <laughs> she found dairy. Snuck that one in. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you Han Solo. Deal with it. I'll take it. All right, boys. I'm wrapping this one up. All righty. Thanks for having me, Steve. This was a load of fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. A load of fun, he says. A load of fun. Like a See what he did there? I love it. Uh, PJ, give me a final note. I would take a poison dart for either of you. Aww. Oh. <laughs> what, what, one of those Amazon tree frog things? Or? Is there danger up? Uh, I <laughs> Well, we did put the take again at once. You could won them, PJ, if only you spoke to me. Scott, go ahead, take a final on there while you're here. Did we lose them? Did we lose Scott? Still there? No, I'm still here. I just can't hear you over the music. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. Once, once again, <laughs> thank who's you for the, having me. Who's producing this show? Go ahead, take a final on there. Knock yourself out. Peyton uh, to the Jets, please. Just give me something to root for here. That's all I want. Give me something to root for. Let's win now. Thank you. And thanks again, Steve. I, I had a blast. Awesome. And uh, my final note is, we didn't talk about the Will Pond for a change. Uh, largely because <laughs> Cal wasn't here. Or uh, Lenny Dykstra. I thought for sure he was talking about Dykstra. Right. 
and Nails is in jail. Um, but we'll talk about uh, that next week for sure uh, when Cal comes back to the show. Uh, very big decision in the uh, Madoff trial. Who it benefits? We don't know. What we do know is that uh, the Mets are still owned by the Wolfons and will be for the conceivable future or foreseeable future. And uh, Johan Santana, that's where it's important. He's on the baseball field, made it through his first spring start in good stead. He's going to take the ball again on Sunday. Hey, you know what? Give me something. All right. That is all the time we have for PJ Cachopo and Scott Sampietro and Jeff Troxler. Thank you, Trox. We'll see you next time. Later.